Hello, everyone, and welcome to the More Deadly Podcast, where we review horror movies that are directed by women and prove that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. I love saying that. I love that that every time your voice turns more and more into, like, a Disney villain. (laughs) (laughs) Although someone the other day told me I laugh like Ursula the Sea Witch, so... Ooh, I love that. Maybe I... I, that as a compliment. (laughs) They were like, I'm afraid to tell you this. I don't want to hurt your feelings. And then they said it, and I was like, my feelings are hurt that you would think it was an insult. What does that mean? If you just said it, I would have been like, badass. But now I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Oh, well, I can't help it. It's how I laugh, so. Yeah. You know? No, that's a great compliment. Your Ursula's poor unfortunate amazing. souls are just yes. going to have to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm your co-host, Rachel, a.k.a. Ursula Sandwich, and joining me is one of my favorite people on the planet, the Ariel to my Ursula. <laughs> Ariel! Hi! <laughs> how have you been, Ariel? How are things on land? Oh, I've been doing okay. Yeah. yeah. Getting by. Yeah. How are your sexy neighbors? It's like white noise now. Okay. Like, I'm just trying to, like, let it fade into the background. Like, they're still... <laughs> I, here's the thing is, I don't understand... <laughs> I don't understand how they're still doing it every morning. Like, they're on lockdown, too. They're home all the time now. This I thing mean, used to be a regular occurrence, but they're just, like, every day, time. Man, every all day. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, good for them, I guess. Right. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're surviving, and I've been doing well, still in quarantine. Yeah. Weird. Like I was telling you before the show, I feel like a little bit like I'm in suspended animation. So, I'm making a lot of plans for the future, though. (laughs) (laughs) Dreaming Uh, of a better day. Yeah, no kidding. So, today we're going to be reviewing a little movie called The Other Lamb. I'm I'm probably going to mess this up. I'm going to give it a shot. You ready? Okay, let's hear it. Malgorzata Zumauska. Yeah. You like it? Did I yeah, do okay? no, you got it. That's how Did you? The... So I couldn't find any video of her saying her own name, but that's how the journalists were pronouncing it. So Okay. All right. Well, I feel good about myself today. I see <laughs> who said I didn't accomplish anything today. <laughs> cool. So before we get into our review of uh, The Other Lamb, would you do me a favor and remind our listeners and anybody new who found the podcast what our spoiler policy is yeah so we're gonna spoil everything uh we talk about the beginning middle and end all the twists all the turns so if that's something that bothers you now is time to go watch the movie and come back yes take it seriously because sometimes we start with the end (laughs) (laughs) very true (laughs) this is not like a gentle lead-in like whatever (laughs) at this point everything is up for grabs yeah yeah you're not gonna you don't necessarily have warning of when we're gonna start spoiling (laughs) this is the warning yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so Ariel, now this was a you pick can you tell me a little bit why you decided you wanted to review the other lamb i mean mostly because it was about cults i i love cult movies i've always been interested in cult stuff um and then you've been a member of many fine ones (laughs) (laughs) jk jk (laughs) for people who are calling like calling their local deke programmer we're just kidding (laughs) Uh, but yeah i i mean you showed me one time um the do you remember the the second vhs movie where there's that yes And then you have to watch um, The Sacrament. And those two movies, or two, you know, things really made me, like, flip a switch where I was like, all I want to watch is cult stuff now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so good. 
yeah so and then this is you know an all-female cult except for the leader which made it i think more interesting Mm -hmm. but yeah that's why i picked it yeah those are all very valid reasons i do i like you i am anytime you say cult i'm like oh right like that hmm, like your like, <laughs> perks up and i'm ready to like hear a little bit more i don't know why why is that why what is it about a cult movie that is always so appealing i don't know maybe it's just their life is so different than what we experience and the idea of like believing in something so strongly that you'd like give up all of your ties to be a part of this other community right and the idea that it could be so kind of utopian but then so dark underneath mm-hmm. i think is really fascinating yeah Speaking of that VHS, which was called Safe Haven, right? Yeah. Okay, so you're talking about Safe Haven, which was directed by Gareth Evans and Timo. I'm going to, here we go again. I'm going (laughs) to be an ignorant American. Tejanto? Yeah, that sounds. Sure. Timo Tejanto? Sorry if that's wrong. If you like cult movies, Gareth Evans' other cult movie is Apostle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Yeah, which is also really good. And punishing. This one we're going <laughs> to talk about tonight is punishing, but in a very different way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, tell me, uh, this movie, like, I, I know nothing about this director or anything, really anything about this movie. So tell me about this movie. Yeah. So I didn't know anything about this director either. I usually have a lot more information about the directors that we cover, but I had a hard time finding more than just sort of basics about her, possibly um, because this is her first English language film. So Mm. she's a Polish director, writer, and producer. She has directed seven films before uh, The Other Lamb, which is her first English language movie. And all of her other films, she wrote, directed, and produced. Sometimes she co-wrote them, but she had her hands in like every aspect of of the movies, basically. Very cool. And apparently she's, like, really well-regarded in Poland. She's won a ton of awards, a lot of really prestigious awards from film festivals. One of her movies won the Grand Prix from the Istanbul Film Festival. And she got the Best Director Award from the Berlin International Film Festival. So she also comes from a super talented family. Apparently her dad's a journalist, her mother's a writer, and her sister is a documentary filmmaker. Damn, okay. Yeah, and she, while she was in film school, she made a short uh, film about a Polish rural family, and it ranked 14th in the history of the Lodz Film School, which sounds like a really prestigious film school, too. Wow. Okay. Get it. Malgorzata. And also, (laughs) she has an amazing name. (laughs) Do you think she goes by Mal, or do you think she insists on the full Gorzata? I'd want to insist on it, but when I was watching... There, there's a lot of, like, on YouTube, you can see interviews with them at different film festivals with the cast, and they were all calling her Mall. Okay. Awesome. So what about the, do we know anything about the production of this movie? Yeah. So the film script was actually also written by a woman named C.S. McMullen, and oh, she cool. adapted it from a short story that she had written, like, years prior. And she said in order to write this script, she really kind of hunkered down, and she watched, she said, 10 Uh, documentaries about cults back to back to get her into like the right headspace to write the film and she said that it was a really cathartic experience but then she had to kind of put it down and go take care of herself because (laughs) it was not a light experience like no it was a pretty dark script Um, and she had a hard time kind of like getting out of that which I totally understand one time I fell into a cult research rabbit hole and ended up listening to like four hours of the jim jones tapes from right before oh the massacre oh my god 
I was not the same for a while after that. I mean, it's like audio snuff, dude. It really, yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. But, but probably not the smartest thing. Like, I would not recommend doing it. Okay, good to know. Okay, so Malgorzada said that she was drawn to the film because it was dark and edgy. Like, she really liked that. And that Mm. this was the first movie that she had ever directed that was not only English language, but also that she hadn't had a hand in writing herself. So it was a real different Mm. experience for her. It was filmed in Ireland in January and February. So the cast in some of these interviews were saying that it really was as wet, cold, and windy as it looks like in the movie. I mean, it looks miserable. Yeah. (laughs) beautiful but miserable (laughs) yeah apparently it was but i guess they all got pretty close filming it because it was just kind of them all together with the crew Mm -hmm. it also was shot over the course of just 25 days which was you'd want to be in and out of there as quick as possible you're out there in the freaking yeah but the director was saying um that it, it wasn't something that she was used to filming that quickly like the way that she's used to doing it she would you know film and then kind of look at it and film some more and look at it and film some more but this they really just had to go in and shoot and be done i mean that there weren't even really time for rehearsals wow yeah she also said that she's used to not used to having outside producers so that that was like a real new experience for her as well as directing you know she used to is used to directing her own stories and that it was really hard to have get used to she said having a producer like behind her all the time like giving instructions <laughs> i bet <laughs> like she'd never had a producer on set like do you before. not realize that i can't i'm ranked 14th at the history of in the history of loads film school like <laughs> yeah, recognize <laughs> <laughs> so she said that the way that she likes to direct is by going by gut instinct and not kind of micromanaging actors performances and she was talking about how a lot of directors like to stand beside a camera and kind of look at what's happening and direct from there but she likes to be looking at the screen so she can see exactly what the camera is catching because it's Uh easier for her to like envision what the final film will be like that way i mean that makes sense yeah yeah totally but that (laughs) some of the actors were saying in these interviews that i watch at the different film festivals that the way that she directs from back there is to kind of shout directions at them (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing yeah so and apparently they said that it took a while for them to kind of like a few days for them to get rid of used to her directing style because she'll just say really bluntly or shout really bluntly i don't like it it's very bad when you do something (laughs) i love yeah queen (laughs) but they kind of said that it made them work a little harder to like you know because they knew when she didn't like something but it also meant that they really knew when she did like it was very very clear (laughs) and you gotta think about like these are like coddled actors that are probably not used to people being so blunt with them yeah constantly (laughs) telling them how good looking they are and probably smoke up their ass and then all of a sudden there's this like polish lady being like that is very bad (laughs) yeah Yeah. i love it all these different interviews that i watch she seems like a very strong personality very sure of herself and like confident in her ability and skill level so i can imagine that it was probably, you could have been disconcerting to some of these actors. Yes. He's like, nobody talked to me like this on the set of Game of Thrones. (laughs) 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 You probably should have. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no, he Still bitter. Still bitter. (laughs) He said that he tried to convince her to film somewhere else because he had experience filming in Ireland when the weather wasn't good and wasn't like super keen to do it again, I guess. 
He's like, wouldn't this be better on a beach? Right. Like, Jamaica. <laughs> like, shouldn't we be in Bali or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, but apparently her giving these directions and kind of shouting made it really tough on the sound engineers because they oh. had to like remove all of her directions from it. So she kind of joked about that. Yeah, she said that, you know, filming as quickly as they did meant that she was sort of forced to be more on top of things. And I, I read, read one interview where she called this script, calls it a dark cry against the patriarchy, which I thought was kind of, I mean, well put and succinct. <laughs> accurate. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. So unfortunately, it doesn't look like she's doing any horror films in the future right now. I know. Her next movie is going to be called Wonder Xenia, and it's about a massage therapist whose clients in a gated community begin to think of him as a guru. Well, that could be horror as well. I mean, it's it just could. like the prequel. Yeah, to, I think from what I was lamb. Yeah, I think what I was reading is it's going to be more sort of social commentary about these sort of wealthier people in gated communities. But that All right, I'm here for that. Yeah, so that's all I got. Awesome. And you said you didn't have anything good. That was totally interesting. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let me tell you about this dang old movie. So the movie's about a girl named Sila, who was actually born into this cult. It's like all women except for one guy, the shepherd. It's made up of wives and daughters. And you can tell the difference based on their clothing. Wives wear like this dark red magenta. Daughters wear blue. And really kind of the dividing line is about whether or not they're menstruating. Yeah. Because very shortly after, it's go time. And it's very upsetting. Uh, I make a joke, but really it was very awkward. Yeah, because once you, basically once you start menstruating, you graduate to being a daughter to a wife. So Sila, our main character, is essentially kind of on the cusp of this change. And she's both fearful, but also kind of excited at the prospect of becoming a wife. She's the eldest daughter. She's the favored daughter. And she can feel the attentions changing coming from the shepherd who like is like constantly watching her in the woods and just creeping around. But he's played by Michelle Leesman. Leesman. Something like that. All all challenging names today. (laughs) Like he has very like a big Jesus energy, you know, like he's just like. Oh, yeah. Long-haired, handsome, seductive, charismatic sort of character, and literally the only man she's ever seen in her life. So, and he wields that power. And she's someone who's going through puberty, so it's this combination of excitement, but also trepidation. And they have a somewhat idyllic life. I mean, not really, but they live in the woods and are get sermons from him and you know, all live together in these campers. But all of that kind of like that bubble gets burst when cops show up one night and kind of rouse them. And they have to go basically on kind of like a pilgrimage to find New Eden. And along the way, Sela starts to see his treatment of the of the wives and daughters kind of come into focus. And you see more of the ways that his cruelty sort of comes to the fore. That and that she becomes close to one of the wives who's sort of the outcast wife, who's much more disaffected but is afraid to leave the group. And so she gives Sila, who is at first resistant, kind of a new perspective on the shepherd. And over the course of this pilgrimage, she starts to question everything that she was raised to believe. And uh, she starts to see exactly what happens to women when they age in this community. And a lot of lambs get murdered, and that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, that is the other lamb. All right, Ariel. Well, tell me what you liked about this movie. 
So I have some mixed feelings about this movie. Just I think because... that is a very valid way to feel. <laughs> <laughs> it is dark and and it it is kind of grim. Mm. Um, but there are, there are some things that I really liked about it too. So first off, the the shepherd. I think that the actor actually did a really good job with it. I think. Mm-hmm. That one of the things that's so interesting about his character is that he is really handsome and he's also very soft spoken. Yes. So it kind of makes him seem less menacing on the surface, right. but really there's like this sinister, quiet control. All right. The time. And at first you only see him interacting with the daughters for the right. most part. And that his connection with them is like much warmer mm-hmm. and much kinder than what happens once they get their period. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can, like, you can feel, I think, throughout the whole film, that undercurrent of control and tension throughout the, you know, the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And and then you start seeing, like, signs of his cruelty. Like, it kind of starts building where you're seeing, you know, bad things happening. Yeah. Um, until finally it's like he's beating the shit out of one of the daughters, right? Or was it one of the wives? I think it was one of the daughters. It was one of the daughters. And this is yeah. after he lets a wife die and then tries to burn the, ba- the, the baby. male baby with, the, yeah. with her body. Yeah, he's kind of, by this point, kind of a dick. Yeah, he's just <laughs> like a monster. <laughs> yeah. But I think that it, the film does a good job and slowly building you towards that where it shows you kind of some of the reasons why they feel love towards him. Well, he's also introduced very romantically yeah right exactly it's this beautiful girl in the woods and this like handsome figure it's almost like a fairy tale like Mm -hmm. it's very aurora prince philip vibes you know point Mm -hmm. so many disney references today (laughs) (laughs) these actors have chemistry there's a moment where he's like touching her hair and you know that he's like this patriarchal figure but we're watching a horror movie he's not a good guy but if you remove it from that context there is something period um as in time, not the other way right. that we're talking about periods today. <laughs> Romance about it. Like, it could almost be lifted from Tessa the Durbervilles or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, I the evolution that he has, I think it's smart they start by creating him as almost like a, as a romantic lead. But yeah, and even in the beginning, he... Like, you see his control right away, but yes. it's very, it's not as sort of loud and violent as it becomes later. Like, there's a scene in the very beginning where they're all sitting around a table eating dinner. When the dinner is over, he basically selects a wife to have sex yeah. with that night. And he does this by touching each of them and then, like, grabbing the neck of the one he chooses and then asking her, will you accept my grace? <laughs> so gross and creepy. Uh, but you see that, like, that control that he has. And, oh, it's It feels it's like he's selecting from livestock in that moment. Yes, it really does. I also thought it was really interesting and I think maybe even accurate the way that the women kind of support his control and the hierarchy within their own kind of rankings. Mm-hmm. Where there are these sort of cruel things that they do to each other too, right? It's like there's the the ostracized wife who they all treat really badly. Mm-hmm. They all treat each other pretty terribly when they are menstruating. Yeah. There's stuff between the older wives who are kind of jealous of the younger wives and the younger wives being like, well, you're old, you know? Right. Um, that's why he doesn't like you anymore. There's a scene when they're on their pilgrimage where one of the women who is pregnant is like rubbing her belly, like 
pregnant women do, right? Mm-hmm. But she's looking directly at Sela, and there's just this like this evil energy coming out of her eyes, and right. and kind of like this proud like because they are proud to be pregnant, right? Especially if it's going to be a girl, which is what he wants. Right. Um, they have this sort of like place of privilege because of it, but they don't just have a place of privilege. They also are like looking down on the women who aren't or can't be pregnant. I also feel like she recognizes that Seal is the next to be mm-hmm. the favor. Yep. Because she was the girl that's on the end, right? And like you, yes. it kind of descended in terms of the hierarchy. So the sense is she was the favored and Seal is about to come and usurp her. Yep. Yeah, it's so interesting. That scene where they're bathing Sela too, I thought was really, mm-hmm. really interesting. Where they're, It's almost like there's sexual energy to it and they're kind of also like telling her like what life is going to be like once she gets her period and there's a grooming aspect yes that is that's exactly what i was getting at literal grooming and psychological Mm -hmm. sexual yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) this movie's all kinds of disturbing (laughs) it really it really truly is one of the other things that i thought was really well done about this movie actually was the rape i mean basically rape scene between sila and the shepherd Right. I think they did a good job of making it as disturbing as it really is and also focusing on her face. Like the camera really just focuses on what's happening to her, which I thought, you know, was really good. And also, and it was so so deeply unsexy. I appreciated that. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Mm -hmm. And also, like, they make him go from being this sort of like you were saying like a romantic figure to being really grotesque in that moment right he's like shoving his fingers down her throat and it's just right yeah it's so unsexy and so gross and disturbing i appreciate that i also think that there is a lot of beautiful costuming in this movie too Mm -hmm. like the difference between as you were saying before the wives and the daughters like the wives wear like these reds and burgundy colors and the daughters wear blues and greens and set against this like beautiful kind of punishing backdrop of the Irish country. It's really pretty stunning. I really appreciated that. I also think some of the, I don't know if set design is the right word for it because there aren't a lot of like real sets, like they're indoors, (laughs) not very often in this film, but when they're outdoors before they go on their pilgrimage where they're still at their like original compound or whatever you want to call it there's like these twines mm-hmm. going between like trees to kind of make walls and ceilings that i thought were pens what's that they're pen they're pens yeah exactly the imagery in this movie i think really adds to the feeling you have about the cult itself yes. and there's a lot of visually impactful scenes too i mean when she is supposed to when Sela is supposed to go out and watch like the birthing of these lambs and then falls asleep and finds the lamb fetus and then she there's a scene where she's stabbing it and the blood is spraying all over her face and there's all this like rage inside of her I thought was so well done and such a good kind of interesting metaphor when put against her her getting her first period yes also later I mean there's so much good blood imagery honestly in this whole movie Um, (laughs) one of the parts that I really appreciated is in the early parts of the the movie you see the shepherd like anointing their cheeks with lamb's blood after he's like slit the throat of a lamb and then later she does it with her own blood Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie yeah I love that part a lot (laughs) um 
And she's such a good actress, too. What is her name? Her name is Raffi Cassidy. Yeah, Raffi Cassidy. I thought she did a great job because there's so much, oh, like, yeah. there's so few, there's so little dialogue in this movie, but she shows everything with her eyes. And you can see like so much emotion. There's a scene where she's looking directly at the shepherd and like, you know, making eye contact with him after he's beaten Tamar. And you really can see the shift in her from sort of adoring this man to this rage just kind of, you know, coming out. I also really liked all of the stuff about the cursed wife. Yeah, she, I mean, really only two people in this movie get any kind of character development. Yeah. And, yeah for better or for worse. I think we'll get um, into that later. Definitely. And I think, but yeah, I really like Sarah. So the cursed wife, Sarah, um, I thought her character was really interesting. There's so much that Sela learns because of what she tells her about the cult. And like watching them go on this pilgrimage and her kind of picking up information and kind of learning about the seedy underbelly and like what really happened to her mom i thought was great i thought the the sort of the yeah. chemistry and relationship between between the two of them grew over time was really wonderful and i also really appreciated when she was telling her about feeling anxious and alone and going out to this like waterfall and just getting naked and like standing there it's obviously a real a really beautiful scene and then at the end where she's almost used like like their goddess, you know? Yes. I also like just the dynamic of flipping the the way that the shepherd controls women, like shaming them about their periods, ostracizing them, allowed her the opportunity to have concentrated time with Sarah mm -hmm. that ultimately became the cult's undoing. Yeah, yeah, because if they hadn't sent her away because she was on her period, it never would have happened that way. No, 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 she would have stayed because she was like so pious to begin with. Yeah, and then I thought it was I thought it was actually nice that she kind of has a nice ending too, right? Like she says that she can't leave the cult because she's been there for so long she can't imagine like how she would make a life of herself. But then she leaves, not for herself, but to protect the baby boy. I was kind of surprised he let her go. Me too, actually. I, I had a feeling that it was going to go dark, like, right after that. And maybe she would not live, or the baby, but they let it happen, uh -huh. so. But of all the, the elder wives, she's the only one that made it out. Yeah. Wild. Awesome. Any other pros? I think that's about it. Yeah, I agree. I think this movie is very, very beautiful. Very beautiful. I like the way that they take this beautiful pastoral natural setting and make it feel super uncanny mm -hmm. and it feels so isolated and it's something that it's across the whole movie because it's so isolated it's so desolate that you feel like you have no idea where they are because it doesn't look like anywhere i know of in right. america but everybody has an american accent the police appear to be american but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it's that's correct. Also, the time frame is, is essentially like modern day, but their costuming and the way that they talk and the way that they behave makes them feel like they're also totally out of time. And so you kind of, it's always a strange snapback whenever you do see something that is sort of like anachronistic. And so I, I think that uh, isolation allows you to sort of understand how they could just get lost in this man's world yeah. that he's created for themselves. Like you talked about the use of string to create walls and to essentially create pins for her his flock is visually stunning, metaphorically A+. So I really loved that. I thought the performances across the board were very strong. In particular, like you talked about, Rafi Cassidy. If you look at her at the beginning and you look at her at the end, you can see how she reached, the, like she started in one place and 
and reach the other. But at the same time, she's so impenetrable along the way. Like, in order to really get an idea of her internal life, you have to almost decode these fantasies that she's having because she's so placid, because she's so, like, in brainwashed in this cult. Yeah, and that's, that's a really see, good point. You really only get glimpses of what's happening aside from, like, you'll see her watching. And so you know there's something happening, but she's so good at hiding it that it you do kind of have to be like, okay, what does this mean? Why are we seeing her in, like, a Letterman jacket in the back of a car? What? Why are we seeing her, like, floating in the water? Are these flashbacks? Are they flash forwards? And ultimately, I think what the takeaway is, is it's, it is the filmmaker letting us know actually what's happening below this sort of mask before she drops it at the end. So the thing is, is it's interesting, but it's, it's challenging. Yeah. So what is a plus is also a little bit of a con because if you are not patient and really wanting to engage, like this is not a light watch, you have to have your metaphor decoder ring on to <laughs> get through some of that. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> because basically our shepherd is essentially the patriarchy and, and misogyny personified. The take on how he treats the older women is interesting because typically, you know, these women, even though they may no longer be of sexual desire in cults, they get some level of elevation and status in order to kind of help control the rest of the plot. Mm -hmm. And this, once you are no longer of sexual desire, you are trash. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, he is happily happy to toss you away. And so while I think that doesn't lead to a very effective functioning or system within a cult in real life in terms of the metaphor about the patriarchy and the way that it views and values women uh, is very effective you know and like dude is peak patriarchy he literally wants to be father to both his wives and his yeah it's so gross (laughs) it's super 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 gross the fingers in the mouth yeah wow The penetration, the silencing, Mm -hmm. it goes along with the whole, like, women are not allowed to tell stories. They're not even allowed to express themselves when he's giving them his grace. There's, like, a weird eat my body vibe to it. I don't know. It's it's a lot. It is a lot. But it allows you to kind of, you can feel all of the disgust and repulsion and emotion that you would from a rape scene without having any of the titillation. Like, you see the violation and the disrespect for bodily autonomy without ever having to go there, yeah. which I think is a good choice. And it, it, it is repulsive. Like, I felt true revulsion watching that. So as someone who we've, over the years, we've talked a lot about, about rape scenes and, like, what makes a good one and what makes a bad one. And this is the first time I've seen this particular take on it. And I think it's very interesting and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah I agree. And they, because they show it a couple times, too, right, with, like, the cursed wife they show that scene where mm-hmm. Cell is like watching them through the window and he's got his hands around her neck from behind and shoving his fingers in her mouth right. and yeah it's so it's so disgusting and makes you really feel something inside I think watching right well I mean aside from penetration like it also like it it eliminates their ability to have a voice yeah. or to dissent or have any like any agency in the process whatsoever yeah and like you said with them never being allowed to tell their own stories too like not Mm -hmm. even you know nighttime stories to the little children it really does eliminate their ability to like kind of communicate anything to each other about their own experience right and it's an easy way to show his sadism yes very that it's not enough that he just puts his hand in his mouth he wants to make them gag Mm -hmm. 
which there's some ugly stuff about male sexuality in that that I'm not even going to get into. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I really liked, I have some quibbles about the end of this movie. However, yeah. the final shot I really liked, in addition to kind of being a celebration of the liberating relationship that she had with Sarah, there is kind of like this connection and celebration of nature and feminine power mm-hmm. in it. And it is in stark contrast to the, like, control and shame around menstruation, which is, like, a natural process that women have. I mean, not all women, but many women have. And so I thought that was, even though it was, and like I said, I have issues with some of the stuff around the finale. I thought that final shot with the black lamb bleeding was really impactful and powerful. And in fact, there is several moments throughout this movie that I think visually are pretty strong so those are those are most of i think pretty much most of my pros for this movie what were some things maybe that didn't work for you yeah so um there are a few things i think sometimes the pacing is a little off in the middle of the movie where it's Mm -hmm. like a, a little too drawn out and quiet i also think like you were saying before you really do have to kind of intellectually and emotionally invest in this movie It's not something you can really just watch for fun. And all of the sort of things that you have questions about or are unsure about, like you really do have to pay attention to all of the visual information that's coming through her visions or dreams or whatever they are to really get everything out of it. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that doesn't work as effectively as the director was hoping. For instance, the car scene. Right. I was like, wait, are we going to find out the other lamb is like a twin? Like, what right, are we, right. Are or, we going to, is this like a full Freaky Friday? Is it yeah, not Freaky Friday? or is she What's seeing like the situation? life she could have had if she wasn't in a cult, but she's never not been in the cult. She was born there and never has left. So like, how does she even know about these things, you know? Right. I just, yeah, there were some things where I felt like it, it could have, what the director wanted us to understand could have been clearer. Um, I also think that a lot of um, what makes this movie kind of unsettling and and even creepy sometimes are how quiet it is, but it also fails to allow you to get to know any of the characters very well. Like, there's not a lot of character development except for Sela. And again, a lot of that you're getting through metaphors, too. I would also say there are too many dead lambs in this movie. Too many dead lambs! (laughs) Every 10 minutes, there's a freaking dead lamb. Yeah, like, I should have guessed that because of the title and the fact that it's cults and, like, oof, too many. But Too many um, dead lambs. Yeah, poor lambs. Although that, that live sheep that, like, she keeps having eye contact with, it's kind of white the with, ram? Like, black splotches. Yes, the ram. Yeah, Thank you. he's cool. Um, he was really cool. I really liked that guy. <laughs> he did. Um, I would say the <laughs> other thing is if you are wanting to see like a true horror movie this really isn't one no that that's a very good point i mean like it is horrifying yeah but i don't know that it's horror. yeah it was marketed kind of as like a horror thriller situation it's horror in the but... way that handmaid's tale is horror yeah exactly like you could argue it but it you, you would have to argue it right right <laughs> yeah and mm-hmm. and you know we had some of these same conversations about the nightingale last year about whether it really falls into horror or not i think this one right. maybe even less so does the yeah. nightingale i think that's fair After, partway through the movie i have to confess i went to imdb i was like what genre is this <laughs> and it said like drama horror and i was like okay 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 yeah <laughs> fair enough if imdb says it it must be so yeah so okay. those are my main the main kind of quibbles i had with it 
when you're talking about pacing, I think that was one of my struggles as well, is that this movie is extremely meditative, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but it, it doesn't have a ton of like a narrative momentum. Right. And you have to be extremely patient, I think, with this movie. It requires a lot of you just being willing to just sort of sit with it and watch them walk up and down hills and not really talk about things. Yeah. I mean, when like when we talked about The Lodge, yeah. that movie, you know, we also talked about it being sort of slow, but there's so much that also happens in that movie too, yeah. where this, you're right, like narratively, there isn't a ton of story there. And one of the things that unfortunately gets sacrificed in the process that I would have liked more was I want to know about the cult. Yes. It's, it's very surface level. Like we get that it's a flock. He wants to bang all the young <laughs> 14 year olds. Like I, I, I understand like the workings of the patriarchy and misogyny enough to like yeah. fill in the blanks. But I would have, I would have actually loved to have had there be in some actual mythology. Yeah, could we have known more about their rituals and how it started, yeah. or just how everything kind of works and functions within the cult? I would have appreciated yeah. that too. Yeah, and and we talked about it a little bit. I I wish I knew more of the women. Yes, I would have liked. I know that we're like being quiet and they're not allowed to talk to each other, and that is thematically important. But it meant that, with the exception of her conversations with Sarah. She almost had no interactions with other women. We don't know them at all. It was just like, that's the older one. That's the ginger one. <laughs> right. That's the African-American one. Yeah, like, there's know, the like, pregnant that's, one. Yeah. That's the pregnant one. Exactly. And I would have loved to have gotten a little more of their dynamic. I mean, I understand it's just not this movie, but these are these are the things that would have elevated it for me. But my biggest issue mm-hmm. is they had a lot of buildup, a lot of him earning his demise. And it happens almost entirely off screen. Yes, thank you. I meant to bring that up too. Yeah, it is really yeah. unsatisfying. Especially when you get that, like, you get that scene where she's, like, imagining doing it. And it, it only happens for a split second where you see them, like, attacking him. Yeah. And I was like, I want that, but a little longer at the end, you know? Right. I needed catharsis. Yes. After after watching him drag them across this freaking, I don't know, what do you even call that? The moors? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> And beat girls up and you see the scars all over Sarah and talk about him chopping off her hair and murdering their mothers one by one, taking them down to the water and drowning them. And we see their bodies like they're trash that have just drifted away. And then his all the revenge is off screen. I needed I she earned the rage. I needed the catharsis. And so as much as I really loved that final shot of them and I got that like solidarity moment, I needed to have all this pent up emotion from this movie and I needed it. I needed release. This reminded me a lot of We Are What We Are. Do you remember that movie about the cannibal family? Oh, yeah. That movie is so good. And it like this, it is like extremely slowly paced. Mm-hmm, it's true. all about coming disillusioned with this like ritual and, and religion within your family. And at the end, we get one of the best scenes in horror, Very in my true. opinion. It's a super satisfying ending. It goes there, it gives you that catharsis. You need that violent release. And I don't know if that's what that says about me but i i think in a revenge movie you can't just show me the rape i need the revenge yeah and so that was kind of hard for me especially in a movie that is so incredibly feminist and so unabashedly like this movie is a brick like it is not it is there is no subtlety to this movie and that's fine that is not a problem for me in fact i appreciate it 
I don't know. Yeah, and and I do think you're right because the movie does move so slowly. It's just sort of punctuated by, you know, action scenes of things really happening throughout. And yeah. the fact that you don't really get that at the end does leave yeah. you unsatisfying because you are waiting and waiting for that thing to happen. And the fact that it doesn't really in a satisfying way leaves you right. feeling kind of empty at the end. You get the cruelty, but not enough of the justice. Yeah. But then I don't know, maybe that's the point. Like maybe because we get so little justice in this world. Like maybe that's you, true. So maybe the message is appreciate the little bit you get. <laughs> You're not going to win no. them all. So if you do enjoy the little bit, the little enjoy those crumbs, but Oof, you know what? I don't dark. want crumbs. I want the loaf. Right. I want like the whole loaf. Like the movie crust, revenge, crust. right? Where it's like this mm, bloody yes. revenge at the end yes. where she gets everything yes. you've been wanting her to get the whole movie. It, it's right there and you see all of it. <laughs> so, okay. Overall, what did you think? Would you recommend this movie? Did you like it? How do you feel? Like I said in the beginning, I feel pretty mixed about this one. I think I'm glad that I saw it. There's a lot there that I think is worthwhile and that's interesting. And I mm -hmm. do think it has something interesting to say. But I, if you're really looking for like a cult horror movie, this isn't going to be satisfying to that. Mm -hmm. Like if, if that's what you're craving, I would pick a different movie. Fair. Yeah, I think this movie is very accomplished. Mm -hmm. I think it's very beautiful. I think there are many things, positive things to say about it, but I feel, I think it's a good movie with really important themes and ideas, and some of them are executed really well. It's just not very entertaining. Yeah. Is that terrible? No, I don't know if I should no. leave that and I, I don't I, know if that's actually <laughs> helpful, because that's a personal preference as opposed to like an actual critique, so I don't know if I'll cut yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think that you and I both do like movies that move slowly and build mm -hmm. tension and ones that are often punishing you know right like i was saying nightingale made it to my like high on my top 10 last year and yeah. we loved the lodge there's lots of movies like that that we've enjoyed over the years i just think that this one I doesn't give a satisfying conclusion to have made I needed, all of it that necessary. that is that is it yeah, that is you're totally nailing it i think if this movie had been us the full scene of her biting him and tearing off whatever it was she was right. tearing off in chronological as opposed to whether or not it was a fantasy or just like a flash this movie would have been i would have come away from it feeling very differently yeah right no i i totally agree and and a lot of movies really accomplish that beautifully and i think that this one just dropped the ball a little bit right at the end so yeah i am with you i feel mixed about it i think there are really good things about it but i would have to caveat my recommendation for people like you have to be in the right headspace for this. Yes. Yeah, totally agree. I kind of wish that this director and the cinematographer um, that she often works with who did this movie with her would do a horror movie because like visually this movie mm. is really interesting and it would be fascinating to see them do like a real big horror movie, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it's sort of cold midsummer, right? Yeah. So you can see how she's able to take very like i said beautiful like pastoral landscapes and infuse them with with like a very sinister vibe mm -hmm. so in daylight right which is an art you know what i mean it's a subtle art so yeah i would like to see her lean completely into the hole would be pretty cool i wish this was like an actual period piece and like we could get into some weird witchy sex magic or something you know yeah yeah that would have been great right. <laughs> if that's how it had ended too like if we had Ooh, seen yes. them kill her and then go all witchy that would or kill him i mean and then 
like use his body instead of just leaving it with the ram's head poor ram r.i.p ram um (laughs) you know like we had gotten to see her like maybe them like make use of a body would have been pretty cool you know because it's like all this like it's all this like sheep metaphor like what if they ate the sheep what if they ate the ram something right something give me something we need a rachel (laughs) remix remix (laughs) (laughs) all right any other thoughts before we wrap it up i think that's all all right, cool. So for those of you at home, we'd love to hear from you if you would love to get in touch with us. There are lots of ways that you can do that. You can email us at rachel at zombiegirls.com or you can head on over to the Zombie Girls Facebook page and talk to us there. I guess I said lots, but really there's two, but two is one one. So there you go. And if you're enjoying the, sh- the show, please do leave us a review on iTunes. And if you're looking for something fun to watch tonight, you should head on over to the Zombie Girls website and check out our VOD and streaming release calendar where we have all the good stuff that you can rent on video on demand or stream on the various streaming services in the horror and horror adjacent genres. So if you're bored, no excuse. Lots of good stuff on VOD (laughs) this week. All right. So I guess that just leaves our plans for the next episode. Yeah, I'm super curious. Let's hear it. All right, so we're going to do something a little different this time. We've been doing feature films, but there is a short film that keeps, I feel like the universe wants me to watch this. Mm-hmm. It keeps coming up. People keep recommending it. They're like, it just, it's very like in my personal zeitgeist and I'm like, fine universe. I hear you loud and clear. It may be 12 minutes, but we're going to review it anyway. It is a short film called Hairwolf, uh, directed by Miriama Diallo and it is on Hulu. So everybody can easily get a hold of it and watch it. It's 12 minutes long. I've heard it's great, and I'm super excited to watch it. Yeah, that's okay to you. Yeah, totally. I've been looking forward to watching that one for a while, so that's great. All right, cool. So everybody at home, watch Hairwolf, and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Ariel, take us out. Well, thank you for watching another episode of the More Deadly Podcast. So uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye, everybody.